0: 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy.
1: This term we're setting aside time. We want to really hear from God where he's calling us and the types of ministries and work that he is already doing and wants us to join with him in expanding And sometimes in the life of the church, you want to press the pause button to actually give space to God because we get so busy in our own lives and in the life of the church that actually I'm kind of seeing this term as having pressed the pause button to say, God, we want to listen, you know, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. And we're launching that, as it were, over the next three weeks with some sermons which are setting the scene of describing where we are, where we think we've come, and the types of questions that might arise from where we think God might be taking us. And then we're going to move into a more substantive sermon series where we look at Jesus and the, the things that Jesus did and the aspects of his life. So Jesus the teacher, Jesus the child. And as we explore who Jesus is, we, you know, that's our aim is to know Jesus better. We're also going to ask the questions, if Jesus is this we should also be like him. What might that be saying to us in the life of our church? We want to give space in home groups. And there's a series um, that's just been circulated that I hope most groups at some point this term will use that give us tools to help us hear God. Because it's very easy for me to say we want to hear God. But some will say, well, how on earth do I hear God? So giving us tools to help us hear God. And then towards the end of March, we're actually setting aside a week where we are going to have various activities and opportunities. The church will be open at different points. Well, the church will be open all week with um, drop-in times and specifically led times, where again as a church we come together and hear God. I want to, to hear from all of you because God doesn't just speak to one person. God speaks to us all. So throughout this term, I'd love feedback. You know, During that week of the open church, we'll have um, paper around the walls, post-it notes that if you think God is saying something, we can write it all down. We want to gather and collect what we think God is saying to us so that we can then plan forward because this is to, to take us into the next stage of our life. We want to be strategic. We want to make sure that we're using our resources in the right ways and looking to see whether we need to invest more in particular ones so that we can actually do more of the work that God is calling us to here in order to extend his kingdom. It's an incredibly exciting term. It's also quite a daunting term. And, you know, I stand this morning feeling slightly daunted, thinking, you know, this build-up for a launch of a vision casting. And I think, my goodness, am I up to being able to do that? But this morning what I want to share is where I think God has taken us to at this point Some of what I will say won't be new to you. But I think today is a point at which I want to to tell a whole story so that we're all on the same page. And I want to describe where I think we've come, what God has been doing amongst us, to give thanks to God for what he has been doing and to realise how faithful God is, that he does take us, even when we're feeling inadequate and useless. And he works amongst us. And with trust in a God who is faithful, We can dream big dreams for the future. So that's what today is about. Let's pray. Father, we come to you saying that we want to hear you. Often, Father, that is the hardest thing, to hear your voice. But I pray that bit by bit, you will speak to us. That you will reveal your will to us. Father, will you use the words that I share today as a starting point Take away any that are not going to be of any help. And may I only speak the words that will be of help. So guide me now as I speak. Amen. Before I moved to Wanish, um, I got a lot of cards. This is um, Some of you will have heard this already. But a lot of people wrote very nice things to me and wished me well in my time um, coming to Wanish. One lady sent me a postcard. And when I opened it up and read it, Something happened in my heart and I really knew that God was saying something to me. It was one of those moments, and I don't have them very, very often, but it was like a real stabbing feeling in my heart and I knew that I had to take note of what was on this postcard and that it was was important to the work that I was coming to do. And it was a a picture um, of of a wall, a tower, a tower not dissimilar to the tower that we have here as it turned out. But this is what it said. I said, I saw a tower made of all the people in the church on the ground were fallen, broken stones and stones which had jumped out, not wanting to be hidden by the others, leaving stones exposed and vulnerable. Loving hands were taking these strewn, broken stones and one by one gently mending them and one by one tenderly placing them in the building. Every stone was different in colour, shape and size, and yet they all fitted together perfectly. Each stone is supported on each side and under, and each holds the one above. Come to him, come to that living stone rejected by men, but in God's sight chosen and precious. And like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices to God through Jesus. And that final part was from the reading that we had from 1 Peter chapter 2. It hit me, as I say, incredibly strongly. And I knew that this message in this card was something about the work that I was coming into and was going to be part of. And so I came and sensed that the work in the first inst- I don't know how long I'll be here, but the first stage of my ministry here was about rebuilding, restoring. It was about healing and loving. And that was confirmed when we had our first PCC Away Day, my first PCC Away Day as vicar here, the following May, where we spent some time, aided by somebody else, looking at who we were as a church and where we needed to strengthen. And at that point, we felt that what we needed to strengthen as a church was our spiritual life and our fellowship with each other. And that fitted with that sense of needing to be rebuilt into something strong enough to then be able to build on from that. So the first three years, that has been the priorities. I mean, God does other things as well, but that's been our strategic priorities in in building and strengthening our spiritual life and drawing closer together as a church fellowship. And I think we can say that we've seen that happen, that we're a stronger church than we were that we're a closer church, that some wounds are healing, have been healed, and that we're in a stronger place to know what God is now calling us to for the future. We've also seen people arrive and join us, and they've stayed, which is a really good sign. <laughs> so God has done a work amongst us, and I want to say that that's the most important thing to say today, is that God's work doesn't start today, God has been working. Some people have said to me, you know, you know, when will we move on to doing something? And Actually, we have been doing. God has been doing an amazing work amongst us. And we mustn't underestimate what God has already been doing. Because he builds on the work that he has been doing. But I do sense, and the PCC senses, the ministry team, the wardens, that God is leading us on to the next stage. That as we meet and make strategic decisions, that we need to know the types of things that God is saying, and now this. And now more of that. And now stop doing that. And now take this on in a new way. Because we know that being church isn't for us. Being church is about extending the kingdom of God in this place and throughout the world. So the question that we're asking is, what is God saying to us now about the role in our lives in his bigger plan? Because God has a plan. And we fit in. With his plan. So, what is God saying to us now at this place where we are? And as I say, we need to do this together. So, firstly, today is about giving thanks to God for all that he has already done. I want to spend a bit of time just sort of summarizing why I can say God has done a work. What have we seen? What has been going on? I can only speak of three years. But what have I seen in the last three years of what God has been doing amongst us? Well, I think our Sunday worship is stronger. Numerically, there's more people coming on a, on a Sunday morning. When we, we have to take notes of all our numbers, the um, Church of England takes a count. And as we look back, we can see that our numbers have increased by about a quarter in the last three years. Now, that is Substantial. The national picture is of the Church of England in decline. So standing still, we would be doing quite well. But we've grown by about a quarter. God has done that. That's not us. God has done that. But let's rejoice that we are seeing growth and we're seeing numerically more people coming. We've got a wider range at our services. We've got more families joining us and worshipping amongst us. And I think that's significant because as we look out to our village, what I see happening in Wanish is that people who are moving into the village predominantly at the moment are families. There's quite a shift in the dynamics of the village. And when a house is up for sale, it tends to be a family that moves into it. So if we are stronger in the number of families we have amongst us, we're in a much better position to open our doors and welcome in those new families moving in to the village. So one question is, what is God saying to us about how we are drawing families and adults into our church fellowship and community? Our spiritual life, our worship has been developing and growing. No church has enough musicians. Even St. Saviour's doesn't have enough musicians. But actually, we've got more musicians than we had when I arrived. And we're developing different styles of worship. We've introduced the song supplement. We're trying to make sure we're learning new songs. The song supplement is now getting old hat. We need more songs. We're developing new ones. And when we use the screen, there's greater opportunities for new songs. And I'd love us to think over the next term, how would we love to see our song worship develop on a Sunday? How can we promote that? How can we actually encourage others to come and join and lead us and have confidence in leading us in worship? We've changed the use of the chancel. Isn't it funny how we forget so quickly? Something happens and it seems a big change at the time, and then we think it's always been like that. But when I arrived, we had stalls, which we don't anymore. And we've got the faculty through that is allowing us to do this permanently. So even from a technical point of view, it's far easier now for the musicians to be up here because all that is now in place. And we're going to be fixing the pews so that there's a greater flexibility. We often fill the chapel now and to have more chairs in there gives us greater flexibility. We've put a screen up so if you are sitting in the chapel and we're using the screen, you feel involved as well. Practical things, but things that will make a difference in how we worship on a Sunday. To get our I mean, again, this is God's work. We went to the the DAC, the body that we have to get permission for any changes to the church, with a very limited idea of what we might do in the chancel. And they said, well, we like your ideas, but you've not gone far enough. You're not being radical enough. Now, never does the DAC say that. So actually, God was saying, use this space. How more does he want us to use this space? What is he saying to us about the space that we have? How do we build on our spiritual life? I've talked about numerical numbers, but actually, in some ways, that's neither here nor there. It's a good indication of what God is doing. But what is more important is about our spiritual growth. We could fill our church week by week, but if we're not growing in our own individual journeys of faith, then actually that's not a good sign either. But I think we can see spiritual growth as well. There are more people attending home groups than there were when I arrived. We've got a nurture group that has begun in the last term, where people have come together with questions Who are perhaps at the beginnings of a journey of faith or or have been on a journey but actually want to go back and ask some of those basic questions. And that's been an incredible experience for those involved in that group. To see people asking genuine questions and a deep desire to understand and to go deeper with God. The course has come to an end but actually they want to carry on. So they're continuing to meet. Really, really exciting. In the last two years we've had 20 people confirmed, 18 of them teenagers, Teenagers who've chosen to say, actually, I want to take this step of faith because it's important to me. When I arrived, U-turn, which is 14 to 18-year-olds, was in a funny phase where actually there wasn't really people in that age range. It met, but with people in their late teens and early 20s, because there weren't people aged between 14 and 18. We've now got a thriving 14 to 18-year-old group, and many of them, in fact, the majority of them are ones that have said, yes, I want to be confirmed, And the group below them, Crossover, the 11 to 14s, we've got a strong group of the 13-year-olds who are desperate to join the youth group come September. So we can rejoice, because youth has been strong in this church, but it went through a dip. But we're on the way back, and young people are being attracted. But how do we hold our young people in church? How do we make sure that this is a place where they feel they belong, that they're excited and that they're challenged, and that they will actually hold on to their faith? throughout the rest of their years? That is a huge challenge. Because again, nationally, it's young people who are leaving the church. Do we need to change anything about the way we meet so that actually they feel that in in our worship there is something for them? Lots of questions around that. So how are we going to build on what God has done? How are we going to strengthen the teaching so that we personally are going deeper in our own faith? Building new home groups, raising leaders, experiencing deeper ways of prayer and worship. The challenge for our own individual discipleship. How am I growing? I have to constantly ask myself, am I growing? Because if I'm the same this year as I was last year, I've missed something. Just as an aside, I got through the post this week, some free Bible study notes which I've put out on the pew in the porch. If you've never... You know, had a, a tool to help you read the Bible and would like to see if that's something that would help you. Pick one of those up. It's free. Take it away. And if it's something that you have found useful, come back to me and we'll find other ways in which you can actually develop those skills back at home. Our church fellowship is important. Belonging. Belonging together is really important. I think we have grown closer together. There's been amazing opportunities and fun times when we've been able to celebrate being together. The Harvest Supper is just one that comes to mind where we can actually dance and have fun together as well as come to church together. But I also want to say how amazed I am at the, the level of pastoral care that exists in this church. And I think we need to note that that's a marker of who we are. We are a church who cares for each other. And there is an incredible amount of pastoral care going around through all age groups, a large amount going through the seniors' ministry. But that is who we are. We are a church that cares. But as we get bigger, how do we keep that going? How do we make sure we know each other as we get bigger? How do we make sure that after church on a Sunday, over coffee, we're actually saying, I don't know you. Who are you? Let me hear a little bit about your life. Again, as an aside, it's a notice that Keith is going to give. But we've actually got some coffee in the church today because we're too full in the Selwyn room. What an amazing thing. We can't fit everybody in for coffee. So if you find yourself staying in church and chatting to people here, there will be coffee for you as well. You won't not be left out this morning. So do enjoy that. But how do we continue to get to know each other, to care for each other? Because we, we believe that God will continue to grow us. So what's that going to mean for our pastoral concern and our church fellowship? What else is new? When I arrived, I said, we weren't going to do anything particularly new. And yet I look back and think, there's a whole host of things that we've done that are new. We've got coffee on the Green now, on a Wednesday morning. An opportunity for outreach to the village. And that has also become a place of fellowship for ourselves. And people from different congregations meeting together there and chatting with one another. We've relaunched the men's group and the women's group. They've both got really exciting programmes. Some of the men yesterday were at a new wine um, event in London but we've got exciting programs for men's groups and women's group we've been running parenting courses and that's been hitting some of our toddler group mums I said that you know, my priority at the beginning wasn't building projects and yet we've done a building project in Lawnsmead Lawnsmead has been totally refurbished and actually 90% of that's come from grants and a legacy that we were left we've been able to totally redecorate Lawnsmead We don't stop there. We now recognise what a resource we have. We've got a beautiful hall in the middle of the village. A place that could open up to more people in the village. We're trying Café on the Green. We might want to explore, is that working? Do we need to change that in some way? How else might we use Lawnsmead? Because we've got a problem with our location. We're at the edge of the village behind a wall and people don't walk past us, but they do walk past Lawnsmead. And actually now, we're proud of how it looks. How more could we use it? And how can we invite people in? We've got a new website. If you haven't seen it, go and have a look at it. www.ornishchurch.org.uk We're about to launch some new graphics for it. Because we realise that actually how we present ourselves says something about us. So we've been thinking about, you know, do our notice boards, does our publicity say the right thing about who we are? It's all a bit scattered at the moment, so you wouldn't actually realise at the moment that, that Lawnsmead was part of the church. And most people, as external users using Lawnsmead, don't realise it's anything to do with the church. So we're going to be changing our notice boards. So there's a, the same look here is at Lawnsmead, and it will say it belongs to the church. And we're going to be looking at that and introducing that over the next few weeks. I'm really excited about some of the greater involvements that happen We've got greater involvement with Footsteps, the charity in Guildford. We support it financially. But actually six members of our church are now volunteering regularly and serving meals to the homeless. That's a new development. What's God saying to us about how we might relate more to Footsteps? I don't know. That's out there as a question. We've got greater involvement with our local school. We've got the Open the Book team going in. We've got governors who are actively involved in the growth of that school and it's in an exciting phase as it extends to being a primary having the gift of a church school is immense how might we build on that even more so that we can use that as a way of sharing with our community of who we are the mission of being able and having the freedom to go into a school and talk about Jesus is immense are we making the most of that that's another question This isn't new, but I think it's it's important to recognize the place that we're in to give thanks to God for. We've got good buildings. Not every church has good facilities. My friend in Shear has an old church with no church hall and no toilet in the church. So he's starting at basics of thinking, how do I become more user-friendly to the village? And there's not even a toilet in the church. We have amazing facilities. Let's not take that for granted, and let's make sure we use them. And at the moment, and I don't say this lightly, our finances are, are good. We haven't got major worries in our finances. Again, there's a lot of parishes in Guildford Diocese that are concerned. They're struggling to meet their parish share. We haven't had to worry. I don't say that lightly, because we can never be too complacent about our finances. But I think we can thank God that we've been able to do all that we have done, knowing that that is there. But I think it also says we can trust God for whatever finances we need for the future. And if God is saying to us, I've got even bigger plans that will require resource, let's trust him because we've seen him work. Let's trust him for the more that would come. So we're in a really good place, a really exciting place. The question is, what more is God asking of us? Over the next couple of weeks, I want to explore some more of these questions because that's a snapshot of where we are. I've given out um, a sheet of paper that lists the ministries. The problem with producing something is I I dread this because what have I forgotten? And I do forget things. And I trust I haven't forgotten anybody and caused great offence. So don't see that as the complete list of ministries in the life of the church. But use it as a starting point for your prayers at home remembering what we're already doing, praying for them and asking guidance and wisdom as to what God is saying about any particular ministry. Because sometimes he says, stop something. Sometimes he says, you need to shift that and change that. Sometimes he says, you need some new things. But let's begin by praying for what we already have and seek his guidance on that. So over the next couple of weeks, next week I'm going to look at what God might be saying to us about mission, both overseas and locally, and some of the kind of practical questions that I've hinted at today. And then the third session, I've actually asked Colin Matthews to speak because I want us to think about what God might be saying to us within our local community. And Colin has come from Bertham. it's, it's in a town, but the sense of being part of a church and a community is the same. And Colin's going to share some of his experiences of being a church within a community. Some of the things, I don't quite know what he's going to say, but it might be things like some of the things that have worked and some of the questions. No, you're not doing that. No. He's got other ideas. Anyway, I've I've given Colin the remit to think about, you know, how we might respond to the community. So we'll find out, Colin, what that might be. Sorry. if I, Because that is, you know, we're not here for us. We're here for our community. So we're going to look more about that. Uh, On the third week. Just to sum up what we've done today God is good and is faithful, and we can trust Him for our future. He has already done a work amongst us, He is continuing to do a work amongst us, and we want to give thanks for that. We need to see where He's already working. We sometimes think we have to reinvent the wheel. But God is at work already. I see people coming in through through baptisms, through weddings, who God is already working in their lives. And we pick them up where God has already done something. We don't start from scratch. We've got to be in tune with what God is already doing and join Him in His work. And I think we need to be bold. We have got a really strong base, a really strong foundation. And God, I think, is saying, dream big dreams. He has big things in store for us. Don't settle for second best, but dream and imagine how God might use us to extend and fulfil the work he is doing in this place. What I'd like us to do just now, there's a second piece of paper that you've received. And it's a prayer. And it's a hard prayer. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray it first. And then we're going to spend some time in quiet. Maybe thinking about the words in this. uh, Initial response to, to words like disturb me, Lord. How often do we pray disturb me, Lord? It's a scary prayer. But it's an exciting prayer because unless we're disturbed, God can't do the work amongst us. So we'll spend some time in quiet just reflecting on our response to this. And our hopes and our desires for what God might do amongst us. And then I'm going to invite you all to stand, and we're going to pray it together, but changing me to us, and as a church, if we're brave enough, which I trust we will be, we're going to ask God to disturb us. So let me pray. Disturb me, Lord, when my dreams come true, only because I dreamt too small. Disturb me when I arrive safely only because I sail too close to the shore. Disturb me when the things I have gained cause me to lose my thirst for more of you. Disturb me when I have acquired success only to lose my desire for excellence. Disturb me when I give up too soon and settle too far short of the goals you have set for my life. And if you feel able to join on this journey of adventure, would you pray with me? Disturb us, Lord, when our dreams come true only because we dreamt too small. Disturb us when we arrive safely only because we sail too close to the shore. Disturb us when the things we have gained cause us to lose our thirst for more of you. Disturb us when we have acquired success, only to lose our desire for excellence. Disturb us when we give up too soon, and settle too far short of the goals you have set for our lives. Amen.